in verse 25, if you would stand for just a moment and honor the reading of the Word of God tonight. Proverbs 29, 25. The Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. He may be seated. I know uh, there are times where I found myself fearful over something. And one of the things I think fear does in a situation, it brings uncertainty. How many of you would agree about that? It brings uncertainty. You don't know the outcome. You become uncertain about the outcome. And really, that's what causes the fear to set in. And sometimes that comes in, and, and it settles into your heart. And then what happens to us, it, it takes a direction, and, and we don't know what direction that is, and it seems to blur our understanding or blur our direction, what we should or should not do. And uh, what we know or want to know often is the outcome, and that uncertainty can bring with it what I call fearfulness. And really, that's what it is, the unknown. We don't know the, uh, what the end of it, so we, it's unknown, and it brings fear sometimes to us. And, uh, and that fearfulness starts to set in. So what is God's answer to fear? Well, the Lord tells us that our fear is a trap. If you read this verse, he says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. It brings a trap, doesn't it? And so when we're fearful like that, it, it's a trap being set. And so uh, fear is a trap. And, and to break loose, really, from that pitfall of fear, uh, it requires the believer to keep their focus on Christ and not on the fear, but on the defense against that increasing, and what I call it is increasing anxiety. That's what fearfulness is. And it increases over time. The, every day that I hear it and one more person get it and then, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, am I next? You know, and you think to yourself, is that going to really uh, hit it? I, I was buying some water today at Dollar General. <laughs> and how many of you have ever just glanced up at some of those, I call them rag mags, and they're like those uh, ones that aliens are coming to earth kind of magazines. How many of you have ever <laughs> looked at those? And it says... 10 million Americans are going to contract coronavirus, and 7 million of us are going to die by it. And, uh, and I'm <laughs> reading that on that magazine, and I thought, and, and how, how did they conclude this, you know? But it's like everywhere. You're hearing about it constantly. You know, my mama trained me something when I was a kid. Wash your hands and keep your hands away from your face. Wash your hands and keep your hands away from your face. About 90% of your trouble is just that, keeping your hands. Now, you know, in China, you know, they don't shake hands. How many of you know that? They don't shake hands in China. You know what they do in China? They bow to each other. How are they getting that virus? <laughs> what are they, smacking foreheads? I mean, I don't know, but the thing of it is, it's being contracted over there. So how's it getting transmitted, you know what I mean? And so you look at that and you say to yourself, what's happening? So the Lord tells us that our fear sometimes is a trap, and to break loose from that pitfall, it just requires us to focus on the, uh, Christ and not on the increasing anxiety in our life. So here's the question to us, is what is our safety net when it comes to increasing fear? What's your safety net? Where do you turn to when that fear increases? And so we're to keep our focus on the Lord and place our confidence and hope in Him and not allow the uncomfortable feeling of what I call dread, because <laughs> that's what it is, and it ends up conquering our faith in Christ. So I, I see two principles here, and, and I think you can figure it out. 
And uh, we're given these two principles that will help us overcome the unpleasant emotion of anxiety. One of the things is we have to understand the snare of fear. And that's what we're going to look at first is what is the snare of fear. And then secondly, this, understand that the safety is in trusting God. That's where the safety is. Read that passage with me again. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his, what? Trust in the Lord. Notice what it says. What's the word after that? Shall be safe. That's amazing, isn't it? That's not a questionable phrase. In other words, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? So whosoever put their trust in Lord shall be what? Isn't that wonderful? So I want you to think about it in two terms. Does God look over us? Of course he does. His hand is upon us. Who is in control? The Lord is. So I want to talk about the snare of fear, first of all. Our human reasoning, what it does, it often leads us uh, in the wrong kind of thinking, and it leads often to the wrong kind of action. And what happens is we think wrong, and then we act wrong. <laughs> and we behave in a manner that's not healthy for us. Uh, there is, in the Proverbs here, in 14.12, it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. Now, let me ask you something. Who do we have salvation in? Christ Jesus, right? So where are we safe? In Christ Jesus. We are saved from an eternal hell through Christ, but also our safety is in God, not in what man can and cannot produce. The vaccine may help a lot of people, but it's not going to keep me safe from ever contracting the virus. God can do that, but you know, no man's going to stop it from happening. I could wash my hands all day long. I mean, I could be Purell man. I could have them in my pockets, and, and I could still get this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so we think that we're in control, and we are not. God is in control, and we think we have the right way. So the way we think and our actions when it comes to fear can cause us to develop that spirit of fear. So the word fear in this passage is referring to anxiety. That's the word that God's using here. It refers to that particular type of fear in this verse, and it's defined as exceedingly quaking, trembling, panic, terror, and horror. That's what it means. And so I'm just like this. And so God says that he'll keep us safe from those kinds of thoughts, from that kind of uh, uh, in, internal thinking. So when we look to simply explain fear, one of the things I think about it is it's an unpleasant emotion. It's like uh, you're getting ready to cross the railroad tracks and your car stalls and you see the train coming. What happens to you? <laughs> now me, I'm bailing out. I hope everybody in the car is going with me, but I'm getting out of there because the fear of getting hit by the train is increased exponentially because the car is going ing, 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 and it's not going anywhere. And so I'm getting out. And no, I am not pushing the car off the tracks. I'm getting away from the car. Why? Why would I do that? Well, fear would probably set in. Would you agree? <laughs> Especially if you see the train light coming at you and you don't know how far that is and how fast that thing's moving. I'd get out of the way. And so fear can cause some things to happen in us. How many of you have heard people say this? I don't know why they didn't. And you can da-da-da-da-da-da after that. You know, I, I felt really bad for my brother-in-law. My sister died in a fire when we were kids. And they said they don't know why he couldn't get her out of the house. 
Now, I was only 12, and the first thought I had was, well, you weren't in there. You don't know what he was going through. You don't know how much smoke was going into his lungs or how bad he was burning. or You have no idea. And it's amazing how people can tell you what people should do when they're not the one in that situation. We don't know the kind of fear that comes over us at times, do we? So when we're talking about this fear, it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or cause us some sort of a threat, and it creates that fear in us. So when we fear uh, some things, it's a feeling of anxiety concerning uh, the outcome of something. So our safety or our well-being might be in jeopardy or something like that, and we're saying, man, this is fearful. And we get to that place. For others, it's just simply the likelihood of something unwelcoming happening. And how many of you have done that? Like you don't want to get into a situation because you're thinking, this is not going to be good. (laughs) And that anxiety comes over us or that fear comes over us because we don't want to confront it. We don't want to be a part of it. And so as we see this type of fear that develops in in us is unhealthy. Let me give you a verse. And, And by the way, Physically and spiritually, it can become unhealthy. But there's a verse in the New Testament for you and me. And in the New Testament, it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of... What has God not given us the spirit of? Fear. But now listen to what he says. I love the way God writes things because he's amazing, isn't he? He says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And believe me, when you're fearful, you're not thinking straight. A sound mind means you're thinking clear. And so what happens to us when fear settles in, we lose sight of the power that God has given us, we lose sight of the love of God, and we lose sight of how to think properly. And so he told us God hadn't given that to us. He hadn't given us that spirit of fear. He's given us a different kind of mind to think with. And so we need to be conscientious of that. So the Lord does desire for us to have a healthy fear. And I want to talk about that for just a moment because there is a healthy fear that God speaks of in the Scriptures, and that's a fear of Him. Now, the fear, the word used here, and the word that I'm about to give you are two different words, but we only had the one word to describe it, so it's the word fear. But God tells us in the Scriptures there is a healthy fear, and the fear that we speak of next is this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That word fear is having a reverence for who God is and understanding our position in Christ. (laughs) Understanding that we need to have a heart of humility, understanding that it is the wrath of God that we're saved from, we ought to have a reverence for God. That's that word fear. The word fear in this verse is not the same. But we ought to have a healthy fear of God, knowing that He's in control of all things, having a reverence for Him. In Proverbs 9.10, He said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So that word fear there is that reverence for God, understanding, having that reverence for Him. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. And so God says, listen, to have a healthy fear is good. That's having a reverence for God. So when you see these words, you need to understand that we only had one word to describe kind of what was taking place. But the fact is, it's two different kinds of fear. And so there's the unhealthy fear, which is what he's warning against here. And then there's a healthy fear, which is that of having a reverence for God. So a healthy fear is a fear for the Lord. And when we become anxious or afraid, it leads us into a trap and it becomes a pitfall, often causing 
us not to be able to think biblically or to think clearly. How many of you, when you're fearful, are thinking biblically? <laughs> we, we usually lose sight of things. You know, Chris is getting us to learn a verse this month. How many of you know the verse reference? Huh? What's the verse? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When things are not going well and it feels heavy, how many of you remember that verse? <laughs> it's tough sometimes, isn't it? It's not like when something goes wrong, you go, yeah, well, the Lord said. <laughs> we just don't do that. But you know we ought to do that. Would you agree? We ought to say to ourselves, well, God said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, this is yours. This isn't mine. <laughs> you don't have to help me here. And the thing of it is, but generally we don't think that way. We don't think biblically. We lose sight of those things. And the Lord teaches us that an unhealthy fear is a snare. It's like a noose for catching animals or a hook in the nose is what he says. And it'll cause you to become captured like prey. And so he tells us in the scriptures, he's saying it's like a snare. When you allow yourself to allow yourself to be overcome by the fear, it's like a noose in your, or a, a, a loop in your nose. Somebody could just drag you around. Are you with me? A hook in your nose. Or it's like being captured, and it's got a hold of you. And the thing is, is when that gets a hold of you, you're, you can't really function well because you're captured by it. And so your other faculties don't work as well. Your mind doesn't work as well. You, you feel like, I, I don't know what to do now. Anybody ever been in those shoes? I, I, I just, I'm, uh, I don't know. Anybody ever been there? I know I'm the only one. I just got told today I was old, so I don't like that, James. I said, you want to know the fear of the Lord? No. <laughs> the knowledge that we are to gain from the scriptures is fear is a snare. It's something likely to lure, tempt someone into harm. And listen to this. The area is we need to understand this, the wickedness and snares of the devil. Boy, he tries to trap you. You're never getting out from under this. You're never going to recover from this. You're never going to get that next sale. You're never going to get... And he'll put you in that position. He'll make you think those things. Crops ain't coming up this year. Right? I mean, he can get you to think anything. What's your use in planting? They already told me. I mean, I saw the farmer's almanac. Might as well give up. Right? I mean, couldn't we do that? And we do those kinds of things, do we not? Well, there ain't no way I'm overcoming this. Well, this financial burden's too big now. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we bring ourselves to the place where we stop thinking clearly, like how to resolve this through my Savior, my Lord. And we can do it in all kind of little minor ways in our lives. The knowledge that we gain from the Scriptures is fear is a snare. Now, the wickedness and the snares of the devil or the pitfall, he wants to trick you. Believe me, the devil's into neutralizing Christians. That's the best way I can put it. If he can neutralize you, he makes you ineffective. In other words, if he can put you in a position where, ah, I can't do anything about this. He's got you. And, and the thing of it is, is if he can neutralize you, you become useless because God can't use you when you're standing around being neutral about everything. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so he tricks you where he is always trying to trap or tangle you into his web of lies, and he does it by things that are happening around us sometimes, because he can't get in you if you're saved, amen? He's not getting in you, but he sure can attack your senses. <laughs> and he can make us senseless sometimes, can't he? 
Because we get so involved in what we think and never really consult with the Lord and stop for just a minute and put our trust in the Lord. Now, healthy fear is a reverence for the Lord and understanding who He is, our position in Him. And an unhealthy fear is the mind of men fabricating even thoughts sometimes, don't we? (laughs) Bringing things up that aren't necessarily true. And even if they are, why dwindle or dwell on them? And how many things do we dwindle or dwell on that we cannot change? And it creates something inside of us, and oftentimes it can create that fear. So understand the snare of fear. It's a trap. It'll neutralize you. It'll stop you from doing those things that really God wants to try to accomplish in your life and maybe through you at times, and you're just neutralized because you're just fearful of everything that's going on around you. Now, we got to trust in His truth. So consider the appropriate, uh, what I would call the appropriate biblical approach. So what would it be? So he says in this passage, uh, the fear of man, notice it's not the fear of God, it's the fear of, what is it? It's the fear of man. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of the Lord doesn't bring a snare, does it? The fear of man bringeth a snare. And then he says, but, (laughs) whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I I think about it in terms, I read that too, I think of salvation, right? Salvation is safe, isn't it? It's not something that's going to come undone for me. It's a great place to be knowing that I'm saved because heaven is my home. It's not something I'm jockeying to try to get there. So I see it from a salvation standpoint. But I also see it from the standpoint of my everyday life in Christ. And so what is he teaching us here? Well, our confidence is to be in the Lord and not the wisdom of men. So the safety of trusting God. And I I share this with you. Fear is produced when we trust in ourselves. Fear is produced when we trust in ourselves and not our Savior. Fear is produced when we trust in ourselves and not our Savior. We're trusting in man, right? So if I'm trusting in myself and not my God, I can be assured that sometimes fear is going to settle in, isn't it? Because I'm trusting in myself, which I am a man. And when he uses the term man there, he's talking about mankind. The word is neuter. It's not uh, masculine or feminine in this particular case. It's neuter. It's neutral. It's the middle of the road, right? It's saying mankind were neutralized by fear, but the fact is is that God teaches us something that we can, in fact, count on Him in these situations, which is trusting in His Word, the Scriptures. And by the way, folks, when you memorize Scripture and, and what Brother Chris has done, we're, what, seven months into this now, right? And so by September, we'll have 12 verses in by September. And, and the thing of it is, is as you memorize those Scriptures, don't forget the other six that we just did. Go back and look at them. I'll produce them again. We'll put them out on the... On the uh, um, table out there again. But go through and memorize those scriptures. You say, what would be the reason, preacher? Because you're going to need them. And the thing of it is, is when you memorize scripture, you say, well, you know what, preacher? I'm too young. I can't memorize scripture. Well, you know what, preacher? I'm too old. I can't memorize scripture. Well, you know what, preacher? I'm too busy. I can't memorize scripture. And I read the Bible and God says, (laughs) we ought to memorize his word. And I don't see old, young, or busy in between there. It says, well, if you're too old or you're too young or you're too busy, don't worry about memorizing Scripture. Thine word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? And so we ought to memorize these verses. And these verses that Brother Chris has given us, these are good, practical, basic, foundational-type Scripture to help you in all kinds of situations. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways do what? 
Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Isn't that wonderful? And the thing of it is, is as you memorize scripture, when those times come, God can bring that to your remembrance, can he not? And he can help you think about scripture. He said, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. So the Lord wants each of us to trust him. And this is to be confident or sure or even bold. Now, this isn't carelessness. This isn't you being careless as a human being. It is being bold in that I can trust God. This isn't, well, let me go out and rack up 20 grand on a credit card and ask God if he'll get this thing paid off for me. Nope, that's not going to work out. <laughs> it's not going to work out because you've already broken some principles, haven't you? And so what you want to do is, is you want to stay close with the Lord. And listen, when you think about it, uh, God is a sure thing. The Lord teaches us, which we, we ought to have in our life, is we ought to have confidence in God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. What an amazing verse. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in God. And we have to trust in him. We have to trust God for these things. And when you look at this, there's a hope. It's, it's like I said, it's not that, man, I, wow. No, <laughs> it's a thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, that heaven is my home. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you're always there for me. Thank you, Lord, that you're saying yesterday, today, and forever. Can't we say those things with confidence, knowing that that's who our God is? And it should cause us to memorize Scripture. It should cause us to lean on those things. And instead of fear entering into our lives, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so what has God actually given to us? And so he's telling us that we ought to have this kind of trust in him. And so when you think about this, when you trust in the Lord, it's, it's a firm belief. It's, it's that, you know, uh, how many of you were relying on somebody to do something for you and they didn't fulfill it? And it, that ever happened to you? You know the great thing about God? He's reliable. <laughs> God does what he says. God fulfills his word, but how many of us have been in that position where you were relying or counting on somebody to do something for you, and it just didn't get fulfilled. And what is the word that you think of? Well, they're just not reliable, are they? And yet, God is reliable. The thing about God is, God is truth. How many of you understand that? The word truth describes our Savior, our God, our Heavenly Father. And truth and righteousness is who He is, right? And you look at it, and you see this wonderful, this counselor, this marvelous God that we serve, and he's a God of truth. In other words, God doesn't sometimes tell you what's right. God doesn't sometimes tell you what is true. God is always truthful because he is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. <laughs> and so God is truth. So we can depend on truth. You know, the world doesn't like truth much today, right? I literally heard someone say, I don't care what the truth is. I know how I feel about this. And so that's the stamp on it today. How I feel about it trumps what truth is. And so we have to rely on truth. You know, you think about, we're singing this, uh, we sang a song. What was it last month? We sang He's Able. Did we do that last month? He's able, he's able. I know that he is... Able, I know my Lord is able to do something. What? Carry me through, right? He's able. Think about the abilities of God. And that's the power that we can tap into. God is able. When I think about this, God's strength, 
his word. I gave you that proverb 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine, what? Heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Now think about that for just a moment. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now you can't see. He's not talking about this muscle that's in here going like this and pumping blood through my body. He's talking about that internal man, isn't he? And we're to trust in the Lord with all of our fiber of our being. And so he's saying, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. I love this. In Mark 5, 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. (laughs) And that's the hard part, isn't it? We become fearful because sometimes we just don't believe. And the thing is, is our belief should overcome the fear, shouldn't it? Our belief in God should overcome the fear. Our belief in who He is, our belief in His reliability, His ability, His strength. He is God. (laughs) The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that what? Trust in Him. Nahum 1-7. How many of you know that verse? (laughs) Right? And so you say, wow. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, right? Isn't he able? He's able, isn't he? And we sang that song, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think. By the power that worketh in my neighbor, or the power that worketh in me, us, right? It's the power that's working in me. And so here it is, if you're saved, what power do you have working in you? And so it should cause us not to be fearful. Now, I want to challenge you in something. In Romans 15, 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the thing of it is, that ought to give us some strength. If you're saved, the Holy Ghost resides in you. The power of God is in you. And that should create that kind of strength we're talking about. In Hebrews 13, 8, and I mentioned this already, Jesus Christ is saying what? Yesterday, today, and how long? Forever. And man, that ought to give us confidence in who we're serving. He's not a changing God. (laughs) He's an immutable God. He's an unchanging God, isn't he? And you look at that and you say to yourself, wow, what an unchanging Savior we have. So then, through faith, we trust the Lord, and by trusting the Lord, we are told that we'll be safe. That word safe has this idea to be strong and to be able to have a strong defense. You know what our greatest defense is? (laughs) The Word of God. The only defensive tool God speaks of is what? In the New Testament, in Ephesians. The sword. What is the sword? It is the Word. Right? Now, you you say to yourself, that's the only defensive weapon that God speaks of in that passage. (laughs) The rest of it, you know, we're shod and the breastplate and everything. It's protection, isn't it? That's wonderful, but what's the only... Offensive weapon, you say to yourself, I know, I got it. The only offensive weapon you have. I figured myself out after a while. The only offensive weapon I have is what? The sword. And so you say to yourself, I only have this one weapon. And that one weapon, God told us to memorize it, didn't he? That one weapon, he said, put it in you. That one weapon, he said, take it with you. He said, write it on the post of your house. Write it on the frontlets. Didn't he say that? He said, write it 
Write it everywhere that you can. And whenever you're sitting down or when you're rising up or when you're walking in the way, what did he tell us to do? <laughs> to know his word is to give us safety. <laughs> it's to help us be strong. It's to give us that kind of defense that we need. And I share this with you. It's a good offense to have. The word safe also implies a confidence, a belief through faith, and it provides freedom. You know, when, when we're fearful, sometimes we become suspicious and doubtful. How many of you know that? We become suspicious and doubtful when we become fearful. And God tells us not to have that. And, and he tells us just the opposite or the opposite actions that we should take. Let me share something with you. How many of you know who Abraham is in the Scriptures? You know who I'm talking about, right? Well, Abraham was afraid one day. <laughs> and instead of Abraham doing what God told him to do, Abraham did something the opposite of it. And he didn't trust God one day. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Remember, he didn't want to tell everybody that this is my wife, Sarah. <laughs> so let me, let me remind you of what happened. And here's what he said. He said in Genesis 12, 12, he said, Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is thy wife, and they will kill me. <laughs> and, and he goes on, he said, But they, they will save thee alive. They'll take care of you, Sarah. They're going to kill me. What is that? That's fear, isn't it? And then in 20, in verse 2, he says, And Abraham said of Sarah's wife, She is my sister. <laughs> this is my wife. This is my sister. See, because I can give her away now, and they're not going to kill me if I give her away. Because <laughs> I have rights to give her away, but if she's my wife, they're going to kill me. What is that? Fear, isn't it? And he goes on, and he makes this statement, And, and Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah, and Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. <laughs> so he lied, didn't he? Fear will make you lie. Who's the father of all lies? Satan. John 8, 44, right? And so fear can cause us to do things to move us away from the power and the love and the sound mind we ought to have. Now let me finish with this. Can you recall in your lifetime where you made a decision because you were afraid? Instead of using faith, I used fear to make my decision. And I didn't have faith in God at that moment, and yet by faith you could have trusted in the Lord, couldn't you? 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love. And God said... He had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And there is no fear in love. And he says in that passage, but perfect love casteth out what? Fear. And who is our perfect love? His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it casteth out fear. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, we become fearful because our mind's not on Christ. <laughs> we become fearful because we become afraid our confidence is in ourselves and not in the God that we serve. And we become fearful for those reasons. Romans 8.15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
That's not what we've received. He says, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. <laughs> we can cry unto God now, can't we? And we need not be fearful. So trusting in the Lord provides you as a believer with biblical thinking and it removes that snare of fear in your life. David the psalmist said in 34.4, he said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. That's confidence, isn't it? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Whoa. I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he didn't deliver him from some, but all my fears. Fear, folks, comes by way of man. It's unhealthy. But when we trust in God and the Lord, he'll keep us safe. Not only for eternity through salvation, but in the life in which we live. And it comes by way of the power of the word of God. Let's pray. Father.